0: Welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. This is how we let it breathe, okay? I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. And this show, as you guys know, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. Zach, first things first, I want to get your opinion on what Melvin Gordon had to say to uh, Colin Cowherd today. Uh, Namely, he... The presence of Javante Williams in that drafting, he he obviously knows which way the wind's blowing. It makes him a little bit nervous. Like he's a little bit worried. He told Cowherd. I mean, this is a man that's a free agent, right? So it's not like he's under contract, but not in a sense that he fears anything, but he knows that George Payton's ultimate goal sooner than later is to make Javante the starting running back of the Denver Broncos. And Melvin feels like he's still enough in his prime that he doesn't want to take a back seat. But it sounds like The two parties, they're still talking. Melvin Gordon could very well be back in the orange and blue. He loves Nathaniel Hackett, by the way.
1: What else is he going to say? He's trying to endear himself. He's been doing this for months and months now, trying to get himself in the good graces of Broncos fans and Broncos media and Broncos coaches. He wants to come back, but, you know, again, put your money where your mouth is, Melvin. If you want to come back, don't. Don't maybe expect $8 million a year. Maybe hope for $5 million. Take $6 million tops. You know, a lot of that is incentive-based to be the number two behind Javante, who the Broncos drafted in the second round. They have very high hopes in. And despite that Nathaniel Hackett's going to run a West Coast outside zone kind of offense, and Javante is more of an inside guy, he's going to be a centerpiece of this unit, as he should be. And, uh... It's From a uh, optics standpoint, a PR standpoint, I feel like Melvin Gordon's doing the right thing, what his agent's telling him to do. But ultimately, when March 16th rolls around, free agency, start of the new league year, if you want to come back, take half of what you made last year, make it happen. He was obviously,
0: uh, he was asked, was Gordon, the obligatory question about Aaron Rodgers. And even though he kind of missed half of what the question was about, Coward actually asked him, hey, do you think it's, it's happening? Do you think Rodgers lands in Denver? And if so, would you be willing to take maybe less money to come back knowing you'd be playing with Aaron Rodgers? He missed the second part of that. But his opinion is that he thinks Aaron's going to stay in Green Bay. And this, Zach, perhaps it's bolstered by the paparazzi-ish TMZ <laughs> report today that he and his uh, fiance I forget her name now. shyland Woodley. Thank you. I think that's how you They saying? called off the engagement. So that one tie, now there's Chilune. two because you got Hackett here. But that tie to, hey, that's where she's from and all that, makes sense. Aaron would want to come to Colorado.
1: It's off the table. How big of a deal is it? Well, as I tweeted today, you're talking about a guy who cut off his own family, who's coming off back-to-back MVPs. You think he's going to let checks notes? Shyland Woodley dictate where he plays next year. If he wants to come back to Green Bay, he's going to come back to Green Bay. If he wants to keep playing football, and supposedly that's why he got cold feet to begin with, according to TMZ, he wants to play and continue his playing career. She didn't want that, apparently. He's going to do that. If he wants to come to Denver, he's going to do that. Don't forget how spiteful and petty Aaron Rodgers could be. Now he might come to Denver just because she's from Colorado, just because her parents live in Boulder, just to kind of rub it in her face. I don't think this affects it one way or the other. It comes down to football and what Aaron wants to do, not what Shilene Shailan wants to do. Listen up Broncos country. Tick Pick
0: should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive
1: ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick... That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet-and-greet for Week 3 after- at home Broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down. So visit tickpickcom huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. By the way, guys, I'm I got something to say on that. By the way, though, we're really stoked to kick off our 2022 superstar segments tonight with Casey nickel. We're going to pick his brain here in just a moment, introduce him to everybody. Uh, but first a couple quick things. Um, if anything, Zach, positive to me that came out of the TMZ report, uh, it was the fact that the impetus for the breakup is that Aaron's still focused on his NFL career. Now, how far we can read into that, again, it's king of the hill paparazzi TMZ, right? Like these aren't uh, wizened beat reporters well embedded, you know, within the bosom of the Green Bay Packers that know every, you know, thing Aaron Rodgers does, but still hearing that. I think we, it puts me one step closer anyway to feeling like, all right, a little bit stronger. He still plans on coming back, but that doesn't
1: answer where and for whom he's going to play. We also don't know how far that report dates back to. Did he get cold feet? Now, did he get cold feet a month ago? Did he get cold feet three months ago? Apparently, this breakup has been in the making for a while, and it's just now being publicly reported on and broken by TMZ. So again, ultimately, Aaron's going to do what Aaron's going to do. And he's gone through his cycle of flames and muses, chat and relationships, and it's just what he does. And it just sounds like so far, maybe I was wrong. I said he'd retire. Sounds like he's coming back for at least one more year and if not now, I mean, if not for any other reason than just soul motivation, despite another person, this being his now ex-fiance, along with the media, maybe along with Brian so along with everyone else he deems in his warpath. It's all about Aaron.
0: Man, I am uh, still rolling with the punches of learning how to use a device that doesn't have a touchscreen. So for now, Zach, and then we're going to grab Casey. I'm just going to have to tell people where we stand Till I figure this thing out on the Facebook uh, raffle and on YouTube. First things first, guys. Here we are on day 16 of the month of February. We are trying to reach 250,000 stars in the month of February. When we do, we're raffling off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And the only people in the running for that are those who helped contribute to the goal. We're currently at 47% complete. So. We're only maybe a day off track. We're pretty close to being where we need to be. But if we want to close that down, we know what we got to do. The people who are going to have the most tickets in the Hat of it were to end tomorrow, for example. Number one right now, Zach, it's Michael Ronquillo, um, followed by Jacob Foster. Now I'm going to – I got to go back down to 100% on my uh, – oh, man, this thing is ridiculous. There we go. Michael Ronquillo, Jacob Foster, number two, Mark Schrader, number three, Rodney Garcia, Travis Tarbox. Lawrence Rivera, Miguel, Joshua Mize, Pete Middleton, and Andrew Baker. Andrew, by the way, going to be coming on the show, hopefully in the near future as well. That rounds out your top 10. And here in just a moment, once we're done picking the brain of Casey Nickel, we'll do an update on where things stand with the Super Chat Superstars. So that being said, it is time for us. And by the way, guys, any of your Bronco questions, topics, your star comments, your Super Chats, thank you, Michael. We love you. Big-time stars. Appreciate that, my friend. Um, get them in the chat, and we will get to them. If you have any specific questions for Casey, best way for us to see it, super chat or star. Scott's an eagle eye on that front. Without further ado, let's bring on the man, the myth, the legend, Casey Nickel to the Huddle Up podcast. We finally get to sit down with him. He's been in our community for, I don't know. I don't. You'll have to tell us, Casey, when you discovered Mile High Huddle on YouTube. But first of all, it's really great to meet you. Thanks for making some time for us, and thank you for everything you do. How are you feeling tonight, Big
2: Dog? I'm feeling great. How could you not be excited when you're talking Broncos football? Just in the middle of a week in late February, been watching the pod now for quite a few years, even in the, uh, I would say, early uh, Vance Joseph days a bit. So it's been it's been awesome. And just seeing the progression of just how the pod has grown and everything you guys have involved in the community that surrounds it, It is just sensational. And I could not be happier to be on tonight. Checks in the mail, Casey. Thank you so much. That is
0: rad, dude. Michaela (laughs) top rope, super chat. Another one of our uh, legendary community mavens. Michaela, we got to talk. We got to get you back on the show. Uh, The time has come. Let's go. Thank you so much for that. She's got a message uh, for Casey. She says, hi Casey. And then she says, I think Aaron is a very complex and weird fella. I wonder what he's like in the locker room. Much love fam. So, Let's reverse this. Instead of getting into some of the how'd you become a Broncos fan stuff out of the gates, let's start with a couple of these hot topic issues, starting with your take on Aaron Rodgers. And as she, you know, that's kind of the perception by a lot of people out there, Casey, that Aaron Rodgers is kind of complex and a little bit weird. What's your take on Aaron Rodgers? Do you want him in Denver and at what price?
2: It is a complex situation, but at the end of the day, do you want a championship or not? And when you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, that's a championship caliber type move. That is the Matt Stafford to L.A. type of situation where you you give away a little bit of the farm, but you get the big bull back to help get you to that next level that you want to be at. And yet yeah, he might be around for only three, four years. But when you're a contender and actually able to get back to the peak in the mountaintop, I would say personally, that's a pretty a pretty fair trade to get us back into the glory uh, glory days. We saw it with Peyton Manning, although we didn't have to trade anything necessarily to get him. But how spectacular was that four years of just incredible moments at Mile High uh, City and then everybody just being so elated in Broncos country. So for me personally, I would love to have Aaron Rodgers in a Denver Broncos uniform. It would be a huge highlight, I think, for Broncos country just to uplift spirits once again since we've been kind of down in the dumps lower than ever before in Broncos history. So for me, I'm all in. Get Aaron here.
1: That's you know, that's a great answer, Casey. But when you say all in, I have to push you on that. What is the most that you would give up for Aaron Rodgers? Would you give up three first-round picks? Would you stop at two? What's
2: your bridge that you wouldn't cross if you have one? I think the three first-round picks is getting a little much. I, I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to want players now. They're going to want players now. So you give a couple first-round picks – And personally, I think that you have a situation where Jerry Judy could be up for grabs to get him over there. I think with the Devontae Adams situation as well, there's a, a pretty interesting complex situation there where we could potentially snag not only Aaron Rodgers, but then Devontae Adams too. But then you think about the other side of that of, well, if Denver potentially snags a Von Miller back in free agency because of Aaron Rodgers or you plan that out, send Chubb to Green Bay with two first-round picks, you might have something there.
0: That uh, brings up an interesting topic. Football outsiders this past week kind of fired a shot across Bradley Chubb's bow and listed him on their uh, keep chopping wood team, which basically is saying, hey, look, he's under – You know, he's not meeting expectations, but there's still some there there. And when I say fire a shot, you know, it's actually what they said, not just putting him on the list. Basically, that he did next to nothing for the Denver Broncos in 2021, and yet he's coming back on a fifth-year option. He's fixing to get a pretty significant raise in 2022. How are you feeling, Casey, about Bradley Chubb, his outlook? Do you feel like he's walking the line of bust? territory or do you still feel like now he's he's produced enough his rookie year 12 sacks pro bowl in his third year that he's already eliminated that that doesn't mean it couldn't be a disappointment but to call him a bust would be a bridge too far
2: i think a bust in terms of nowadays he he's creeping the line i remember when when he was drafted and von miller you saw the video of him freaking out he was so excited broncos country was excited because you had the legendary Von Miller, future Hall of Famer, on one end, and then now you're going to have Bradley Chubb on the other side, collapsing in on quarterbacks, and it just that first year it felt like okay, this this is turning into something. It just never really kept going though. It the, the injuries and the fallbacks and the stumbles, it, you always felt like with each thing that creeped up on him, he one step kept coming back. Yeah, there was that push towards the end of the season, but it was the end of the season. Everybody was trying to push real hard to get their name back out there. So, for me, if if it's if it's the ability to get us a Rodgers or some sort of capital back, you got to move on. You know, Casey, I have so many questions
1: for you because I love that we're doing these fan segments again, asking, bringing you guys on and asking you questions and picking your brains instead of giving our opinion. But kind of take it back to a general 10,000-foot point of view from the team. What do you think about the Nathaniel Hackett hire, the new coaching staff, what they're doing on all sides of the ball? What What's your grade and what's your assessment on that?
2: Look, I, I'm stoked. I'm ready. It is a complete 180 from... What we've had in the past, not only defensive minded head coaches, you know, with with Vic, it was just that there was no juice. You got to have the juice. You got to have the confidence. You got to have the swagger. Someone like Nathaniel Hackett brings that. He brings that youthful spirit, that youthful energy and that excitement to the roster. He's going to be able to develop the strategies on the fly if need be when it comes to offensive play calling. You you can't have the star-studded talent you have on offense and have a have Jerry Judy or whomever back in the backfield running back and forth and never gets the ball. <laughs> you, you gotta have that. And we do now. And we're and and yes, there's some lack of head coach total experience. Maybe it's just what we needed. We need to get a young, fresh group of guys in there that are excited, motivated, and hungry that's gonna revitalize that locker room and get us ready for the next season. Hallelujah, man. Love it. Dropping
0: knowledge on the Huddle Up podcast. With some juice of his own here, Zach. A quick uh, super chat from Todd. Thank you, Todd. That's a newer name, so welcome. Appreciate you. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, what about trading Chubb and give two future firsts while keeping this one, drafting Aftis to play opposite Vaughn if he comes back? Let's let's put a bow in that. I mean, trading Chubb and giving up, Trading Chubb and giving two firsts while keeping this one, uh, Okay, yeah. I mean, dude, if it's two firsts plus Bradley Chubb and you end up with Aaron Rodgers and a and an edge and you kept your 2022 first round pick, I think that's a price everyone uh, begrudgingly, at the very least, would pay. Now, Casey, let me dial it back real quick. So, you are a very not just passionate Broncos fan, but you're very knowledgeable Broncos fan. How did you, and you're also, I mean, I'll let you if you want to tell people where you're from and what your story is. But how did you become such a, a outspoken Broncos fan, especially as one who really exemplifies our little catchphrase on this podcast, that Broncos country, it's not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Tell us how you discovered this team and became so hardcore.
2: Yeah, so when I was younger, I would always get babysat by my aunt and uncle while my mom went to work. Being a very young whippersnapper, I would go to her place and get babysat, and it was always on a Saturday and a Sunday, and it just so happened they were very big Broncos fans, and this was the era of John Elway, so you couldn't have really picked a better time to get into the Broncos country and the feel of things, and I was about six or seven years old and i'll never forget going over there and they'd have a broncos helmet a broncos little jersey for me number seven rep at elway always rooting for td and the boys and just always excited for Broncos sunday even when even when my mom wasn't working i had to go over there i had to watch broncos football uh for me it's been an absolute love and passion to watch this team over the years Just how the nfl has developed and grown and just going through the emotional roller coaster has been being a Broncos fan and uh, living in, I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we're not too far from Denver. And that's actually where my wife and I went for our honeymoon and a little quick, funny story about my, my wife, how I met her was when the Ravens were playing Denver at Denver in the playoffs. And it was the hail Flackos. (sighs) Not the best thing to ever have happened to a Broncos fan, but it was the best thing that happened to me. I'm getting brownie points by saying that because I went to go drown my sorrows away and went downtown and I happened to find her there. And here we are married seven years later. We got a kid now and another one on the way. We got a nice little Broncos ranch growing up over here.
0: Congrats, by the way, that's huge. Appreciate you you, uh, being a family man. Uh, at least, you know, half of the Huddle Up podcast, you know, hosts. We're, we're family men on this side of the Huddle Up podcast. Zach's getting there someday, someday. But congrats on that, my friend.
1: Yeah, Casey, okay, so that's a great story. I just You, you mentioned the Vance Joseph here, so I'm going to take a wild guess and assume that's among the darkest times of you being a Broncos fan. But what is the greatest memory you have in all of
2: Broncos canon in your life? There, There's a lot of memories. I the greatest memory for me personally, it, it truly is the unfortunate Ravens coming to Denver. Cause I, that's where I met my wife now, but I would say the years that Peyton Manning was in Denver. And I think, I think this is important because this was a timeline where it felt like social media was, is obviously it's so powerful now, but it, it really caught a lot of stride and a lot more people, a lot more highlights were just so readily available the Peyton Manning years for me were incredible. Um, being able to just come home and 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 watch winning Broncos football. You know, you had the years with Kyle Orton, you had Jake the snake plumber just always weaving out of this out of sacks, and, and it was awesome. But being able to have those four years, which I always tell people, I don't know how I don't know how Denver didn't get to three Super Bowls, if not four. They had an absolute prolific offense, of course where the defense had to save them in the end. But those Manning years, I, I would give anything to have something like that back. And, and that's where that Aaron Rodgers thing really comes back into play. Give, him some, give, give Green Bay some farm. Give us Aaron Rodgers and let us get back on the pasture and give us some championships. Hey, All right, man. brother.
0: Amen, indeed. One last question for you, and then we will cut you loose for tonight. Who's your, uh, if you had to pick, your Broncos, Mount Rushmore, the four figurative faces that would be etched up there for Casey Nickel,
2: Who is it? That is a great question, and that would be a mountain full of faces if I could just go ahead and pick the array of them. I think you obviously, at the end of the day, Terrell Davis for me, I John Elway, Peyton Manning, Von Miller, of course, is going to be up on there. I'm going to throw a name at you. He's been retired for a while. He's now in the ring of fame. Champ Bailey, when I played football and I was a cornerback in high school and in college, I idolized Champ Bailey. That is my guy. I love the lockdown play, the shiftiness he would have back there. Incredible. So Champ Bailey would be up there with him. Peyton Manning, John Elway, Terrell Davis. It's Mark Schlaerth could go up there too. Like I said, I could go on, but those would be my guys. I was going to say Joe Flacco, but <laughs> he's on his awesome. own. He's on his own Rushmore. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right.
1: Dude, Thank you
0: very much. Yes. What a joy talking with you, bringing that juice, bringing some really interesting insight as well. Casey Nickel, we love you. We appreciate you. And real quick, before we say goodbye, we got to let everyone know how to connect with you. Follow him on Twitter, guys. And uh, He keeps the conversation going there. He's talking Broncos on Twitter. At Nickel, and that's N-I-C-K-E-L-L. Thirty-six thirty-six on Twitter at nickel thirty-six thirty-six. He is Casey Nickel, an MHH bona fide superstar on the Mount Rushmore at MHH. So, Casey, thank you, much love and respect to you, my friend. And something tells me this won't be the last time we invite you on the show. So, thanks for making time. Give our best to the misses, and again, congrats on the new little one headed
2: your way. Thanks, fellas. Greatly appreciated. Everyone on the pod, keep following, keep liking, keep sharing. That's how we get <laughs> the names out, baby. Let's go. Look at that. Jackie Appreciate you, Casey. In the mail for Casey. That's yeah. what you took care of that, right? Yeah, I signed All off right. on it. Okay, buddy.
0: <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Thanks Casey. Again, Casey. Have a good night, bro. There he goes. Casey Nickel dropping
1: knowledge. Man's coming from my job. He's got the dope backdrop and everything, Chad. Dad, it puts man, mine to shame. That's what Great I tell
0: I, that's what I tell people when um they come on, I think, you know, and understandably so. There's kind of a, cons- a, a preconception that, you know, you got to have this, that, and the other ready to go. What do I need? What, you know, they start thinking about technology and whatnot. And I said, no, just have a clean background, relatively free of clutter or mess and the best lit room you got and your device
1: and you'll be good. We'll take it from there. And that's what happens. You get called Casey the Goat by doge. evil masked doge.
0: Doge, doge, doge coin. I don't know, but, uh, Casey, yeah, he, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's a maniacal Bronco fan like a lot of us. And that's just a room that already chills in his home. And he just said, no, we'll set up in here. Maybe that's his office or maybe he's next level and he's thinking ahead and he's going, no, let's set this up. Let's stage it. And if so, the implications Zach, are considerable.
1: Yeah. I think it was a pretty resounding success. Just like Dale is here. D-dub $100 super. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Chad, you know, I, you're usually taking the the uh, the, the lead on these the running point when we get these massive, you know, generosities from our our listeners. And it leaves me speechless, too. I'm just rambling right now. Thank you so much. It says, uh, the Rams traded four first-round draft picks, seconds and thirds for three proven players, Stafford, Ramsey, and Von Miller, think this thinking can put Denver on the Super Bowl podium, state of being. Well, they did that, again, because they had Sean McVeigh you know, uh maybe a future Hall of Fame head coach, and you have players like Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford, future Hall of Fame players, that was the win nowest of win now situations yeah. in LA. So you had to take a swing for the fences. You couldn't have had the same arrangement last year doing that for Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. They were the opposite of win now. They they've proven they're they're since fired for a reason. So th- what they've done in in uh in Los Angeles and Les need and F them picks, I love what I love the mindset because it works for them. It wouldn't have worked for the Broncos last year. Going forward, if they have the coaching staff in place, you can make those moves because you have the foundation. You already have a playoff caliber roster. You put someone like Aaron Rodgers on this team, Russell Wilson, that's playoffs and then
0: some. Man, when you put it that way, and Dale, bro, seriously, much love. We got to get you back on the show. We got to get you on. We got to get you on the show again, my friend. So uh, let's not dilly-dally. Let's not wait too long. Let's get you on the show. Uh, soon. Uh, shoot me an email with what Wednesday in the near future will work for you, my friend. Um, and let's get you back on the show. We'll grab Mike here. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, and good to see Chad and Zach alive. I missed the last uh, last two pod. Appreciate you, Mike. Um, but on that subject, when the way that Dale lays it out there, what the Rams gave up, who they got in exchange for the slew of draft picks, Stafford, Von Miller. And Jalen Ram- Rams, uh, yeah, Ramsey. Anyway, um, it puts things in perspective, right? Like, do the Rams even get close to the dance, Zach, without having sacrificed those particular goats to get those players? No, well, so if it gets you that, maybe they get to the playoffs. I don't know if you still got goff there and you take to a Super Bowl Miller. with them. But I'm just saying, is it worth it? Hey, I think if it results in a Lombardi Trophy, that's why you, that's why you play that game. the game. And so, um, and you that's know what? Hey, when Melvin Gordon today talked about Nathaniel Hackett, the, as soon as the subject was broached by Cowherd, there's you're absolutely right on one hand, Zach. That what's he going to say? Yeah, he's kind. I don't know about this cat. He's of course he's not going to say anything negative. But you could see this man's face light up. And he talked about his energy is just crazy. It's just wild. And he loves it. Uh So I don't know who knows, maybe that juice, that energy, that whatever's brewing in the mile high city, you get the right quarterback there, dude. I mean, Hey, maybe you say goodbye to this year and next year's first round pick. Maybe you say goodbye to a two, maybe you say goodbye to Bradley Chubb and or Jerry Judy, but what you get for the next three years are perennial shots at the, at the big dance.
1: I think Melvin Gordon's reaction says the most about Vic Fangio, the guy who didn't play music at practice, the guy who sucked the energy literally and figuratively out of the building, out of his players, and they were all walking zombies out there. So, of course, players like Melvin Gordon are going to want to play for that guy and ingratiate himself uh, to him. But you hit on it best, Chad. You make those trades, we're talking about the Rams again, when you want to win the Super Bowl, not just reach the Super Bowl. You want to get over the hump. You get the Odell Beckhams, who is key in the playoff run. You get Matt Stafford. Who is a giant upgrade on Jared Goff. You go out and get Von Miller, the perfect pairing and the DeMarcus Ware to Aaron Donald's Von Miller in LA. It was the perfect move for the Rams to make. But if you made those moves for the Broncos last year with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer and the rest of them, it maybe would have resulted in a playoff berth. Certainly not a championship though. Hopefully going forward, they can make those moves.
0: Yeah, that's right, Jeremy. We did start relatively on time. You know why? Because we, uh, We had a guest on, so we were like, move all the mountains. Let's start on time. (laughs) We really do try, but we got a lot of things that we juggle here uh, amongst Zach and I relative to covering your Denver Broncos. Plus, we make it worth it in the end, too. We make it up to everyone. Let's be real. Y'all know it's true. Travis Tarbox, big T in the house saying, I think two first-rounders and Drew Locke. Then we draft a quarterback to learn from Aaron. I don't know that that would quite get it done. Who knows, man? So, so often, Zach, when you start hearing these, you know, the capital that it's going to take to acquire this guy or that guy, every once in a while it's correct, but sometimes it ends up being a lot m- more overblown and overestimated than what it actually is. But any team that goes in on trying to get Aaron, like if Green Bay actually, I mean, first of all, Aaron's going to have to stick his foot in the ground and actually say no to a deal that the godfather himself, Vito Corleone, could not refuse. $45 million a year. He would have to say, no, trade me. So if he did do that and Green Bay finally relented and said, okay, fine, we're going to trade you. I mean, $45 million. Could he say no to $45 million a year? I mean, that's probably you know George Payton to say hey well how about 46 you know but still you start looking at what <laughs> yeah. you got available and then you got to get right. your your
1: cap voodoo going and all that right. Yeah I mean that could be the floor for what Green Bay ends up paying Aaron on a per year basis, maybe on a two-year contract, as Ian Rappaport alluded to. I think even Benjamin Albright reported it could be fifty million dollars they could offer him a year. Just silly, stupid money that would easily surpass Patrick Mahomes as the highest paid quarterback. But if you ask whether he can turn that down, Chad, you're asking a guy that's worth $250 million if he can turn down another 45. It's all about title, it's all about ego with Aaron. I don't know what his motive would be for coming back or forcing a trade to Denver, you can question whether money is one of them. I think he wants the mantle of being the richest quarterback, the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. He already has back-to-back MVPs, four total now. He has a ring. He probably would like another one. But I think that the one title uh, that proves from a public lens that he is the best quarterback, how much much he takes home every year, his guaranteed salary, I think he wants that. And uh, that would be part of his motivation for for playing in 2022.
0: Shout out here to Albert Knoppers. We got to get you back on the show here soon. We we broached the subject, you and I in a DM, but we need to nail down a specific date. Uh I will I will message you tonight. We'll get that handled. Phil, appreciate you, bro. Scott, I see one here from uh Robot of Doom at 611. Uh Phil, seriously, you are increasingly becoming a huge uh component here. To our community and helping us keep the lights on So love you big dog Uh, The Robot of Doom, another longtime Member of our community, sometimes he Checks us out on YouTube, sometimes he Checks us out on Twitch He's also on Twitter, this man is Like Carmen Sandiego, where in the world Is the Robot of Doom 5 He wants to know though, wait, how can the Packers Pay Rogers and Devontae Adams When they are so far Over the cap Zach,
1: you want to take this one Chad You know what I'm going to say here
0: No, hit it. I'm going to pull up their, their cap situation.
1: The salary cap is a myth and you can say I'm being cliche or making that up or whatever, but if you can always finesse it, you can always massage it. You can always mold it to how you want it and have fun with it and and make it do what you want. If they want to get underneath the cap and pay Aaron, And if they do that, by the way, if they extend him, it would actually lower his cap number for 2022, giving them more money and more affordability and flexibility to bring back Devontae. That's the only guy I think is the free agent the Packers would want to resign because how tight he is with Aaron Rodgers. But if they want to do it, they will get it done and look no further than what Kansas City did. When they couldn't even afford a PlayStation 4, they locked down Patrick Mahomes to the richest contract in North American sports history, half a billion dollars. They, they will get it done, Green Bay, if they want to. It would depend a little bit on how
0: many years were tacked onto to that extension in terms of what flexibility they could have to lower his 2022 cap. But as it stands, Zach, look at this. $46 million cap hit for Aaron Rodgers, even though his base salary is only twenty-six. 26- million only but still 26.4 million this team is 50 million almost 51 million dollars uh am i reading that right guys if it's i mean in the red we don't like in the red that's over the cap right or let me let me look at their space am i just go to the
1: overall nfl uh ranking go go to cap space click that
0: uh right here okay Yeah, yeah yeah so Dang, Packers. They're, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. 50 over, dude. But. 50 over the freaking cap. Uh, So, but here's the thing is it you can get creative. If you have the right guy, the Rich Hurtado, we'll see how good Rich Hurtado is, by the way. If you have a Mike Sullivan who did work miracles for John Elway for many years, you've got a good cap wizard. You can finagle things, but Green Bay, with or without Aaron Rodgers this year, Zach, there is going to be a reckoning. They missed their window they really did uh, these three years or has it, has it been three? Yeah. Three years that LaFleur has been in green Bay. They missed that. They missed their opportunity in which, and I think Rogers smells that blood in the water too, which probably is part of why he wants out Uh stew meat. you the man. Thank you very much for that super sticker, my friend. And yes, Casey did great. He was, he was awesome. When the lights turned on and the camera, it was go time. He was money in the bank. Rodney Garcia. Appreciate you, bro.
1: You know, I think it was Nick Corte from Over the Cap who put out a list yesterday of like the top 5 uh the projections of uh the top cap teams once they make some simple restructures and the Rams who are in salary cap hell right now can clear like $50 million. That's what the Packers will do as well. Just because they're in the red right now, 50 million. You give it a few weeks, 3 weeks, let them do some math. You know, get the big pencil guys out there. If they can lock down Aaron, it would reduce his number. They would get more cap relief and uh, they can resign Devontae. That's all they really need. They really don't care about locking down some outside linebacker. If they can bring back Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams for one last dance in 2022, that's what they're going to do, provided all are on board. Indeed. Seeing some huge props for Casey in the chat.
0: One here from Silent and Casey needs to be hired by Chad and Mile High Huddle. Definitely has the skills with a Z that are necessary. Yeah, dude, he was—he uh, outkicked his coverage. Let's put it that way. Uh, Travis Weber, another guy that we'll be reaching out to here very soon. We want to get you on the show, my friend. And guys, if we invite you on the show and it's not your bag, don't feel bad about it. If it's too much or makes you too nervous, don't even trip. We'll always do the best we can if if we do invite you on to make you feel at home and, and try and settle any nerves before we go live. But if it's not your bag, just say, ah, thanks. But no, thanks. No big deal guys. But Travis, good evening with Rogers and his fiance calling it quits. Do you think that will be a factor if Denver does or doesn't get Rogers services?
1: Why would it? That's what I want to know. Why would that factor into it? Why would it be that be the make-or-break, the deal-breaker between Aaron not only continuing his Hall of Fame playing career but changing hats for the first time in the NFL as a pro? Why would her... Why would that be the sole reason? Because her parents live in Boulder, and that's the connection he has. He also gets his cowboy hats in Colorado. doesn't mean he does he want to come there for that reason as well, not lose his connect, Chad, near Denver. I don't think it makes a lick of a difference one way or the other. It's what Aaron wants to do. She was a bystander, and it seemed like an ineffective one if she wanted him reportedly to stop playing, and he wanted to continue playing. It's all about Aaron, baby.
0: That it is. Andrew Baker in the house. What's up, big dog? If we do run with Locke, what would he have to do for the Broncos to offer him a contract? And if he plays well, would he want to leave? No, if he, well, first of all, you know, you've got a few um, things that would have to line up. First and foremost is if he ends up playing well, then it's going to be because he hit it off with Nathaniel Hackett. And if he hit it off with Nathaniel Hackett and then played well, and here to four up into his career, he was this. He's going to be a little tentative to want to try taking his talents elsewhere when it finally worked, this was the right combination, intermingled with the fact that in this, you know, figurative situation, the Broncos actually offered him something. I think he would be inclined to stay. Now, what would he have to do though, Zach? Let's answer that question. What would Drew Locke have to do if, in fact, the Broncos turned to him this year, all their other options hey, they're not in control of that destiny per se. There are too many other factors, and they have to fall back on Drew Locke to start this year. What would he have to do for George Payton to roll out that, pay, that, that checkbook and get him paid?
1: Three letters, W-I-N. Just win, baby. That's what it comes down to. You're talking about him landing an extension beyond this season if he gets the starting job, Correct. Win. Win football games. It doesn't matter if you're throwing for 200 yards or 400 yards. If if you're not turning the ball over mostly and you've shown a modicum of growth in Nathaniel Hackett's system, but most importantly, if the team is winning because of you and around you you get to the playoffs, you end that streak with the rookie head coach, that's what it boils down to. You win football games, you get contracts. Simple as that.
0: See, and I think there's a little bit more, one additional level of nuance to that. Yes, it boils down to are you winning? But if you're just kind of shepherding the team through some wins in terms of you're not the reason they're winning, but you're not costing them, a team can quickly convince itself that we don't need to pay. We'll go get the next guy that can do that for us, right? And so Drew Locke, I think everything Zach said is true, plus one other additional factor, and that is he has to be part of the reason why in a significant way that is palpable from the outside looking in and the inside looking out. Like Drew Locke would have to not necessarily set the league on fire. He doesn't need to become, you know, Patrick Mahomes to get a second deal here, but he's got to show that he can, when the chips are down. Like here's a good example, Zach. That week eight game in 2020, when the Broncos were down by three touchdowns entering the fourth quarter against the Chargers, because of Drew Locke, they stormed back and won that game. But it was too hit and miss, that kind of be, that, that propensity to be able to put the team on your shoulders and will it to victory. If he can show that he can do that at a consistent level, even if the stats aren't, you know, Star Wars, then I think, yes, that's a, that's a uh, recipe for getting your, your just desserts in the NFL, getting paid, getting recognized, and finding a, a long-term home in Denver.
1: Yeah, that's why, you know, I said winning because of him and around him, not in spite of him like the Broncos were. So I definitely agree with you. But it's just that some of the things to take it to a, you know, an even more extreme level, a more micro level, some things in terms of winning aren't quantifiable. There's there's points in games or plays you can make in games that don't really show up. Teddy Bridgewater making the tackle on the on the fumble six. You know, it, th- mo- things like that. You make that tackle, you never know how the game could change. So there's things that Drew Locke is going to do on the field if he does it and gets the Broncos back to double-digit wins, gets them back to the playoffs, gets them back to relevancy, which is where George Payton wants to be the most. If he does those things in any way, in largely positive ways, he will get his back, and it will be deserved. All right, we
0: got a very generous super chat from Corey H. And Corey's been with us a long time. Corey, if you want to come on the show sometime, it would be our honor to host you. I think it's about time if that's you know in your wheelhouse. If so, reach out and DM me on uh, Twitter. All right, my DMs are open. And uh, let's, let's set something up. Thank you for everything you do for us, my friend. He says, people always focusing on what we would give up for Aaron. Instead, think about who all would come here on discounts to be part of a couple of runs. Don't worry about the price. We are the team to beat the second he's in the room. Do you agree with that premise? Damn the torpedoes. We're the team to beat the second he steps into UC Health Training Center.
1: I mean, do you think Derek Carr is better than Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert's better than Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you can even argue that Aaron is playing at a more productive level per snap or per game than Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, you'd be a Super Bowl team the moment he lands in Denver and joins the Broncos. But it's like Casey laid out, like I laid out on the previous podcast. Do you want to win a championship now or contend for one later? Do you want to develop a long-term winning model with a young quarterback and go through the ups and downs but have long-term success? Or do you want the instant gratification and the instant contention that would come with acquiring an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson putting you back on the map that quickly but at a cost of not being able to build a little down the road and kicking the can down the line? It's either or. And I think after six years, more than a half decade now of not even mediocrity, worse than mediocrity, basement dwelling, irrelevancy in the NFL, when you're not even seen, when you're invisible, that's the worst. People aren't even talking about you anymore. It's wor- it's, it's better to be hated than be invisible. And that's what the Broncos have been. And yeah. you put Aaron on this team, they're not invisible any longer. Well said. Steve
0: F. Armstrong in the house. The very mile Highlander himself, there can be only one. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Steve, priests are dropping knowledge on us. Thanks for keeping us sane in the offseason. Hashtag state of being. Don't ever Derek Wolf with Broncos country. Love it, dude. Thank you very much for the stars and your support, Steve. Really do appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Rodney says, good evening, Chad and Zach, and of course, the best fans in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. Love you guys. We love you too. Zach, I got to pick your brain on something here. You had the report for us on a viral article at milehighhuddle.com. Report, Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett pushing hard for Aaron Rodgers' trade case. I doubt anyone in this chat right now missed it because this article is well on its way to half a million people having read it by now. And that's no lie. Tell people though, what's this about?
1: Well, I appreciate the half a million, first of all, that have uh, read the article. Um, I could have really summed it up. I wrote about 400 words there. I could have summed it up with one word. Duh. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett is going to push hard for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to want the future Hall of Fame quarterback if he can get him a guy that Aaron also reveres, not just that Hackett reveres. So apparently he's telling those, and this is uh, according to um, a, a Bears writer for USA Today, he reported via a trusted source that Nathaniel Hackett's telling people in the building he's going to push hard for Aaron Rodgers. Again, we all knew that if he can make the play, he will go to George Payton and be like, listen, George, this is the guy I want. I can win with him. Trust in me. Give up the draft picks. F them picks. Let's go win a championship and be like the Rams. Um, that's apparently the vibe right now. We'll see if it actually transpires in reality in the next couple of weeks. But Zach and Travis, hold that thought just
0: for a second. Uh, how much control does Nathaniel Hackett have over this, by the way? Right? Like, this is music to our ears, all right? But how much control does this cat really have over whether or not Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay? I mean, what wheels can he, in reality, grease to improve Denver's odds other than perhaps – you know, keeping it close with Aaron, keeping Aaron kind of feeling like this is somewhere he might want to be.
1: You know, this is like junk food, chat. It tastes good. You know, you enjoy it in the moment, but it's not good for you and your long-term health because it's just – too much conjecture. You're right. I mean, he can only control so much, much Nathaniel Hackett. Even if he convinces Aaron to come to Denver, Green Bay has to have to play ball as well and make the trade and trade Aaron and find the appropriate trade compensation. So these things are going to come out. They've been coming out for quite a while now. No surprise, Hackett wants his guy and recreate the Packers ways. He brought in Justin Outen. He brought in Aaron Rodgers' former teammate, Ben Steele, as the assistant offensive line coach. You brought in Dom Capers, the former Packers, DC. You can see what the Broncos are doing, trying to and build the most pro Aaron environment possible. They've done that, but can only it can only go so far when so many dominoes have to fall for a blockbuster trade like that to transpire. Travis,
0: uh, what was what was his topic on Drew Lock? Here he is. Thanks for your patience, big dog. And by the way, shout out to Roger Goodkey. I see Roger in the chat. Great to have you back, my friend. It has been a while. We've missed you. Big T says, I'm also okay with rolling with Drew and filling other needs on the roster as well. If you believe that you got the right coach, you can't fear um, rolling with Drew in a contract year. Magical things happen sometimes. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Magical things happen oftentimes for NFL players, Zach, Playing in a contract year. And especially in a situation where, if this is how it were to shake out, Drew Locke was given the chance to be this team starter again, the unquestioned guy, perhaps, albeit on a short leash. Man, you never know what the limits of that could be. And it's definitely something um that is intriguing. But again, if you believe that you hired the right offensive mind, that shouldn't at the very least be something that you fear. Does it is it your plan A per se? No, I mean in a perfect world. You do go get Aaron Rodgers,
1: but we don't live in a perfect world, Zach. I mean, we live in a world where Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo got to Super Bowl. So I tend to believe that Nathaniel Hackett, if, if magic does exist and Locke does have starting capabilities in the NFL, you can make it happen. But you would have to be a 100% sure of Drew Locke, not just Hackett, but you can only do so much if Locke is not the guy. And we don't know yet if he's not the guy. He hasn't been given a chance consistently to prove he's not the guy. So I wouldn't go into the season with Drew Locke and Brett Ripon as the only quarterbacks on the depth chart. I would hedge my bets just a little bit, be it a rookie quarterback or maybe an inexpensive veteran if one does come available, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, and just you still have Drew Locke developing under contract on rookie salary or rookie pay wage. I would go into it that way, but... To risk your entire first season with Hackett, your second with George Payton, your first under new ownership, by the way, Chad, and rest all of that on Drew Locke's shoulders, I don't know as of right now.
0: I don't know for sure either. But, hey, if you're going to roll the dice, you do it in your honeymoon season. Leroy, real quick. Or is it Leroy? I want to say it's Leroy, right? Either way, you're (laughs) a legend. You're a legend. He says, good evening, guys. Mile-high salute right back at you. Just waking up after working 16 hours and have to do it again tonight on a mandatory basis. We have to accept that we are not getting Aaron Rodgers. I know this sounds insane. What about Nick Foles for a year with Drew Locke and then draft a quarterback next year? Look, it's a Nick Foles-type guy behind Drew if if you end up saying we're going to go we're going to go ahead and explore the possibility of drew lock in a contract. year, making some magic, some mile high magic with our new head coach, Nick Foles. I think has proven that he's by far better as the number two that you fall back
1: on. If you need to, than the guy that you're, you know, your plan
0: a per se, but what are your thoughts, Zach?
1: First of all, Leroy, let me know the lottery ticket numbers tonight, please. Because apparently, you know, the Broncos for a fact aren't getting Aaron. So uh, you obviously have mystical capabilities, I don't know that Nick Foles is the hedge to the bet that I was talking about. I think I don't know why we're still talking about him, Chad, as a viable, even bridge quarterback at the next level. I, I would swing a little higher. I'd rather go all in on Drew than bring Nick Foles in to look over Drew's shoulder or take away development and snaps from him. I like the idea of drafting a rookie quarterback and keep swinging until you find that franchise guy. I'm even advocating if they land Aaron to still draft a young quarterback because you're going to need eventually his successor. But Nick Foles and Drew Locke, it doesn't quite do it for me. I want to take it a little step further because they have a playoff caliber roster. They will have a better coaching staff in place. You don't want to squander the window that George Payton's cracking open.
0: Miller 707 and Leroy, you demand. man. What's up, Broncos fam? And it's good to see you. Where you been, big dog? If we don't trade for a quarterback, how do you feel about getting... Devin Lloyd in the first and quarterback from Nevada, Carson Strong in the second. Uh, Chanzek you guys rock. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate that, my friend. And I think maybe one of the reasons Devin Lloyd is on the brain for you is uh, Todd McShay in his mock draft 2.0 mocked the Utah linebacker to the Broncos at pick nine. And this very scenario, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I love, I would love to see, Devin Lloyd in the mile high city and Carson strong, you know, you take a chance on a quarterback in round two with some upside, let him kind of compete with drew in uh training camp and see what's what I wouldn't hate that scenario. But again, it all boils back down to the, what happened on the Aaron Rodgers front? Were you able to land him? Because the odds are, if you, if green Bay even picks up the phone and is willing to listen this year's first round pick, especially for the Broncos, which this is a good thing for Denver. If Green Bay is willing to listen, they are a top 10 value. Their pick is number nine. But if that's uh, even a conversation, you're saying bye-bye to the your round one yeah. this year. Exactly. There's a chance you're saying, Zach, bye-bye to one of your twos this year and probably your one next year. Uh, but still, so if that doesn't happen, this is a scenario I would not hate.
1: I think to even pick up the phone with Green Bay, it's going to cost you a first and second round pick at bare, bare minimum. So, yeah, you wouldn't have these uh, scenarios in play. But assuming you don't get Aaron Rodgers and you retain all your draft picks, I I wouldn't be opposed to it because you boil it down. What are the Broncos' biggest needs? Linebacker, quarterback, uh, right tackle. You can nail two out of the three in the first couple of rounds. So you can argue and debate the players that should be taken in those spots and what order you want to address those needs. But as long as you're checking those boxes off, you get uh, your linebacker of the future, potential franchise quarterback, or long term quarterback of the future in the first couple of rounds. I'm all on board with that. Howie, freaking day in the freaking house. Good to
0: see you, bro. Thank you. He says, evening priest, popping in to say hello. Great Broncos hires so far, in my opinion. So ready to see an offense that has energy. I love Drew. I love Drew. This let's see, love Drew. This would be his only shot to shine in the orange and blue if nobody, aka Rogers or what have you. Um, yeah. I mean, the Broncos did make official today, Zach, the hiring of Tyrone Wheatley as the running backs coach. Uh, so. I mean, unless they go on creating additional positions like they did for uh, John Vera as an instructional designer coaching the coaches. Might not be too many other coaching hires that are announced by the Denver Broncos. But whatever this team as a coaching staff now, Zach, lacks in uh, experience, I think it makes up for in juice, innovative thinking, um, you know, forward thinking, the energy. You got it balanced a little bit by the acquisition of Dom Capers, who, in case you guys don't remember, was the defensive coordinator behind a very, very, very good world champion Packers defense in 2010 when Rodgers got his ring. That was his defensive coordinator. And, you know, Dom Capers, Zach, former head coach in the league, he, um, you could argue anyway, that Vic Fangio springs off of the Dom Capers coaching tree and because he sir he worked for him, I think at multiple stops. If I'm tr- if I'm remembering Vic's resume right, uh, but either way, that kind of counterbalances I think some of the experience concerns. But again, guys, I wouldn't worry about that as a as a drawback to the staff because we've been down the got all the experience in the world uh, path with these Denver Broncos in the form of Vic Fangio, who had more years coaching in the league than Zach has on the earth, <laughs> right? That availed this team not. So time to turn the page, see what else might be out there, explore other possibilities. And I think that's the type of thinker George Payton is. Whatever Nathaniel Hackett had to say in his uh, sit-downs with the Denver Broncos, that you're seeing it come to fruition now. And that obviously, Zach, is what resonated with George Payton.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought up Dom Capers because I was going to say, don't um, jump to conclusions thinking they have no experience now on the on the Broncos coaching staff because Capers is 71 years old. He's older than even Vic Fangio was, Chad. You think the Broncos couldn't have done it, but they managed to do it. He's going to be a boon. So will Bill Kolar, who they're retaining in a defensive uh, consultant role, advisory role. They're bringing on people around Nathaniel Hackett to coach the coaches, they'll be fine there. It is interesting though. They haven't announced a Giro Evero yet as the DC or Dwayne Stooks as a special teams coordinator. You wonder what the holdup is, but uh, that's to be determined.
0: All right, guys, we are about out of time tonight. Let's grab this burning question slash super chat from Roy Fletch. We've got Fletch in the house and no, we're not talking about Chevy chase. We're talking about Roy Appreciate that, my friend. Connect with us on Twitter and welcome. He says, if we give up a lot for Rodgers and we don't get a ring, would fans want George Payton or Hackett fired? In the final analysis, maybe, but probably not, because no. you're at least guaranteed a playoff berth. and With very few exceptions, coaches uh, who are making the playoffs on a perennial basis don't get fired, right? I mean, Matt LaFleur as an example. He's not getting fired. Um, John Fox... That was a very unique situation. It's happened, but more often than not, Zach, it if you're making the playoffs, teams are going ahead and and they're valuing the one in the hand more than they two in the bush. Sometimes it's misguided, but um, in the case of the, the Broncos, I think fans would obviously be disappointed, but would they want them fired? I don't know, man. I don't think so. You You, you shot your best shot. It didn't work. But at least you were in the playoffs. At least you brought this team back to respectability. You ignited the fan base again. You got some juice flowing. You got some momentum building. Now let's see what that brain trust of GM coach, that duo, could do in a quarterback rebuild, if you will.
1: Yeah, If you give up a first-round pick, or let's say two first-round picks and two second-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, and you go to the AFC title game and you lose, only the most hardcore fans are going to start – putting pressure on George Payton or Nathaniel Hackett and calling for their jobs because of the draft picks and compensation that you gave up what could have been. But those voices will be drowned out by the more relaxed Broncos fans like that, like you laid out, Chad, are going to be so happy. Their team is back in the postseason field. Their team is back on the relevancy map in the NFL. They're not invisible anymore. So no, if you give up a lot for Aaron and a lot is subjective. And you go back to the playoffs even and you make a run for it, I think fans would actually be happy with that, even if it doesn't result in a Super Bowl. All right, guys. Um one or two more and we gotta get going.
0: Jeremy says if Peyton, and thank you, Jeremy, this is our last one for tonight. If Peyton continues to draft as well as he did last year, the fear of a shrinking window worries me less better offensive coaching is going to be a huge boost for this team no doubt about it bro no doubt
1: I mean, they were contending for a while, and I know contending I'm, I, I use in a loose sense, with Teddy Bridgewater quarterbacking the team and Vic Fangio as the head coach and yada, yada, yada. Most of that was because of the foundation that George Payton laid in, in year one, giving the team talent and restocking the shelves and those midseason acquisitions like Kenny Young, like Stephen Weatherly, you know, like the, the free agent additions like uh, Mike Boone in the backfield. Those are because of George Payton. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. They are a playoff caliber team. They are right on the precipice. Better coaching should get them there. Better quarterbacking will get them even further. All right, guys,
0: before we dip on out of here, Zach's going to do the rundown on some important things. But here are your top five rankings on Super Chat for the month of January. Updated, uh, not counting tonight's show, but up till uh, this evening. The DWI guys at number one. D-Dub, who's... I don't know if he'll be able to leapfrog and get into number one, but still, tonight's going to definitely elevate him. The Duchess the same. She could be leapfrogging. Uh, Chris and Zuko at number four. And then Poppy, who uh, was back on, was it the morning show? Um, or no, it was one of the, either way. Poppy's back. It's great to see Poppy back. So those are your top five. What we do, it's cumulative at the end of the month. Top five finishers on Super Chat. Names go into a hat randomly select Broncos Jersey of the winner's choice courtesy with a big fat thank you and a uh, figurative virtual hug and a kiss from the huddle up podcast and all the mile high huddle
1: uh, shows. So much love and respect. I'll pull up um, Facebook Zach. All right. Appreciate you guys. That was the huddle up podcast. Follow us on Twitter until we see you guys tomorrow night, same place, same time. Follow us at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you haven't, if you want a hat like Chad's wearing, if you want any of our merch, go to huddlepod.com and get yourself some right there. A lot of goodies at that pop-up store, Huddlepod.com and facebook.com slash huddle Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. You get instant access to our VIP programming, including Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone each and every week and facebook.com slash pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't, guys, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single But if you can't do those things, do these three things. Please, guys, please, please, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen.
0: Guys, here's how uh, I think I figured this out. Let me see if I can do it. To give you guys how uh, a visual representation of how you've ranked on tonight's stream. Michael Ronquillo dropping some serious knowledge. Appreciate that, Michael. At number one, big T, Travis, big double T. I'll just call you double T, Travis, uh, Tarbox at two. Howie freaking Day, thank you, buddy. Rodney Garcia, Andrew Baker, Phil McLaughlin, Steve F. Armstrong, Mike Reno, Andrew Lampy, Jeremy Kusich, and Travis Weber, who, in fairness, uh, earned the first – uh, iteration anyway, of the moniker Big T. So Big T and Double T. I'll remember that. Also, shout out to the great Super Chat superstars tonight. Todd, Dale, D-Dub, uh, Stu Meat, Corey, the Duchess, um, let's see, uh, Roy Fletch, much love and respect. I said Corey H, right? Corey, appreciate you. Let's get you on the show. And then, of course, a great Mile High salute to Casey Nichol for coming on, giving yes. us some of his time. Family man could be doing other things he came on and gave us a minute or two so uh love that make sure you connect with casey but appreciate you guys
1: we got tommy chong in the chat Chats, that's kind of making me laugh here smoke love your work very familiar tommy thank you rogers face uh denver to taunt the X. we got petty tommy chong in the building appreciate you i uh, have a great night guys take care and as always go broncos